What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Rich Keller, a catalyst at helping people in this world score, aka stand out, conquer obstacles, and reach excellence. After a long career in marketing and branding, working for global brands such as Kraft Foods and Godiva Chocolate, Rich decided to pivot his career and go out on his own adventure. He now travels the country as a keynote motivational speaker, coaching consultant, and is on a mission to inspire young adults and entrepreneurs to step into their power so they can be seen, heard, and valued. He does this by guiding them on how to answer one of the most challenging questions they are sure to be asked. Tell me about yourself. Using examples from brands that he has worked on throughout his career, Rich takes his audiences through an interactive discussion, demonstrating how answering this question with just one word can transform how they are seen by the world. My hopes is that with you listening to this conversation, you too will be inspired to kickstart your year, step into your power, and transform your life like Rich has done for himself and many others. So please give it up for Rich Keller. CJ Finley here, back on the Thrive on Life podcast. It is New Year's Eve, and I am super excited for you to hear this because today's guest, Mr. Rich Keller, is going to be the catalyst to starting your new year in the right way. And I don't just mean to use the word catalyst. This is his one word. He is a coach that helps people find their own one word to inspire them to live each and every day with the passion that I and Thrive on Life tries to inspire you to do and make every heartbeat count. How are you doing today, Rich? Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful to be here this evening. Get ready for 2021. I'm ready to say goodbye to 2020. Bye bye. Yeah, it's been a hell of a year. No matter how you look at it, 2021, I hope is going to be a little bit more bright for a lot more people out there. Well, I, I look at everything with a glass half full attitude, as you'll learn during this interview. So I think there's so many silver linings that came out of this year. But I joke with my wife, like the next person that I'm allowed to really hug, I'm going to get arrested because like I so <laughs> miss, like other than, you know, my kids and, you know, my wife, I like so never realized how much how impactful like a hug is and just, you know, squeezing someone and just like showing them that you care. So I, I cannot wait for that and get back on stages and get back to conferences. And so bye-bye 2020, 2 Man, you're preaching to the choir. My mom, so my mom taught me and my little brother, we're huggers. Like, and as soon as I meet you, I want to hug you. And it's been a weird phase of my life where it's like, now I don't even know whether like high five people the whole elbow thing or yeah yeah the elbow <laughs> i never even thought about maybe like 2021 going back to when you can just meet random people at in a community event and give somebody a hug that's such an intriguing thing and something that i guess we don't realize how much it matters until it's taken away you don't know what you've got till it's gone that's so true so true i uh yeah 
let's go. We gotta, we gotta get back to the way life was, although life is never going to be the same, but it'll be a good thing. You know, there's always learning in this pain. So taking everything that we learned this year and basically being the catalyst to something new and improved. So I don't want to keep overusing that word, but you're going to hear that a lot on this episode. And I'd love to kick it off with the first question. How did you come about realizing that your one word, the thing that you represent in your everyday life, and now that you're trying to bring to other people is the word catalyst? That's a really good question. Um, Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really grateful to be here and share my message. Um, I always like to start by saying I'm I'm a 26-year cancer survivor. I had testicular cancer when I was engaged to my wife to be married. I was 26, turning 27 at the time. And then 17 years later, my wife woke up with advanced breast cancer. Um, She's an OBGYN. She detects it every day, and our whole lives were turned completely upside down. I had two children at that point. I didn't have kids when I was sick. And, you know, for so many years after that, and even prior to that when I was sick, I always asked myself, how can I be remembered? And, you know, what would my legacy be? I've understood legacy so much earlier than most people, because when you have a moment like that, and then your wife is sick, and you've got two young kids. And so I always wanted to make an impact in the world. But honestly, I didn't have the courage or the confidence to do it. I mean, that's really what I think a lot of people suffer from. I just, you know, I kept talking it, and I just wasn't walking it. And when I turned 50, literally the the button went off in my head and I did something pretty radical, which is I walked away from a very successful career. I gave up salary, title, security. I left on great terms, but it was a moment that I had where I realized that if I don't go out and write my story the way that I want to be remembered, it's my fault in the end. And so the reason I'm sharing this is because when I got, you know, it was so great. Everybody was like, congratulations, how cool are you going to go out and change the world? But when I got home the day after I left my corporate career done, I went, what did I just do? Like it was one of those where, okay, whoa, now I'm, I'm in the driver's seat. I have no idea what I'm going to do next. No idea. I, I want my, your listeners to understand I had zero clue. I was probably, you know, I think I was turning 51 around the time that I actually did it. Son was going to college two weeks after I made the decision and didn't tell my wife I quit. I came home that night and there was a whole different, yeah. I mean, I did it on the spur of the moment, which I'll share why in a minute. It's very much in line with my brand. So I said, well, what do I do next? And two things happened. One is I realized a couple of weeks after I left that a recruiter once said something to me that I realized at the time was pretty powerful, but it didn't come back until the moment after I left my career, which is I was going to get a job. I was on my way to getting a job with a recruiter that I knew she was giving me this job. And she sat me down and said, you're not getting this job. And I was devastated. And she said something to me that at the time didn't change my life, but it did at the, you know, when I left my career, she said, Rich, the reason you're not getting this job is because you're a catalyst and they're looking for a babysitter and you're not right for that brand as a marketer. And that was one moment when I left my career that I thought about that for a second. Okay. And then the second thing that happened after that was I remembered two years before I quit my career that my son was applying to college and he came to me and asked me to get him ready for his alumni interviews because, you know, marketing is what I do. And I asked him one simple question that I could not believe he didn't have an answer for. And that was, tell me about yourself. 
And he had no idea how to answer that question. And when I pushed him on it, he kept telling me all the things he does. You know, senior, video games, I play sports, I like to you know, go out with my friends. And I said to him, you have no idea who you are? And he said to me, they don't teach us how to answer that question in high school. And so what I remembered at that moment was that I had applied the same processes that I had applied in my corporate career, which was I was a brand in brand marketing, I built identities to some of the most iconic brands in the world, Oreo, Godiva, Planners, Cadbury, Dentine Gum. And I would craft the identities of those brands using just one word. And the one word was what you sell. A brand sells core value. They don't sell their product. They sell the core value, the so what of that product. So I said to my son, Zach, maybe we could figure out your one word. Because if we figure out what you sell, you could tell the committee. And he looked at me like he was so sorry he came to me to ask me this question. And a couple of exercises and maybe like two weeks later, we came up with his one word, which was perseverance. This is a kid who sells perseverance. He never gives up. You buy my son, quote unquote, you buy perseverance, the kid who never gives up. And then he wrote an amazing essay for college. And the school he wanted to go to, since he's like 10 years old, was Cornell. My wife went there. And he wrote this amazing essay about a campfire event at Sleepaway Camp. This is not a kid who solved world hunger, traveled the country, came up with the next you know billion-dollar idea, which is what people think they need to do to get into these great schools. He told the committee who he was and what he sells and what he would bring to that campus, which is, I'm the kid who will never give up. And he got into Cornell. And it was that moment after I left my career and I was sitting in my office like, okay, great, what do I do now? Where I realized, wait a minute, I was told that I sell disruption. I'm a catalyst. I disrupt normal. I disrupt the way people think. The brands I worked on, I did it in the corporate world. I just did it with my son like two years before, a year and a half before. Wait a minute. What if I went out and traveled the the world, okay, and I tried to transform a million people, one word at a time, help a million people discover what they sell. Because by the way, CJ, we're brands. You have a phone. Listeners, you have a phone, you're a brand. You either are, you either brand or get branded. And so if I thought about it, if I help people discover what they sell and they can go and get into colleges or get that job or help entrepreneurs figure out that they're the brand and that, that people are buying the entrepreneur. And if I marry that with what their venture is, I thought, no way. Okay, Rich, stop. I said, nobody's going to believe this. And I started telling people. I asked my mentors, my wife, my therapist, my financial planner, and they're like, you got to go do this. And I wanted everyone to say no, CJ, everyone, because I didn't (laughs) have the courage. And one day my wife looked at me after our our financial planner left because I had every excuse in the book. He's going to tell me we can't do this. We can't afford it. And my wife looked at me and she said, get going. I don't care how you figure this out, just start because you actually, this is how you're going to be remembered. And almost three years later, I just did what everybody else doesn't have the gumption to do, which is I just got up and had the courage and put one foot in front of the other. And as we'll talk about, met people along the way and just, I started believing in myself. And so to answer your question, I disrupt normal. I disrupt the way that people think about themselves I chose branding to do it instead of branding brands and products and services in a supermarket. I brand people now. 
And I help entrepreneurs specifically take that as the identity of their venture because people buy human connection. They're buying CJ. They're not buying Thrive. Marry the two. You win. And that's why I'm a catalyst. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there and I love all of it. And first off, thank you, Sarah, for sharing so much of that story. Um, And I'm sure it hits home with a lot of people out there. And one of the things that I want to ask personally, because I know that there's probably a lot of people out there that are living in a world where they're, they have their corporate job and they're thinking about being their own catalyst and maybe jumping ship and doing something different, but something kept you there for a long enough period of time. There had to be something there where you were obviously learning or networking or gaining skills that help you now. And one of the things that I like to do is not everybody's meant to follow the same path or the same story. So I jumped ship in my twenties, but you jump ship at 51. And one of the things that I try to do for everybody is to get them to write their own story and that there is no right way. What actually kept you after you had that story of you yourself getting cancer and then your wife struggling with it as well? What kept you on that initial path to begin with? And then you jump ship a little bit later. What was there for you that maybe the best three things you learned from working on all those brands? What kept you there in the first place? Yeah, this is going to probably surprise you because what really kept me there was an issue that I had within myself growing up. So I grew up invisible in my home, grew up in a really challenged home. Um, I, I, I felt like I had no worth growing up. Um, I have an older brother and a twin sister, and they both got into Ivy League colleges. I didn't. They were athletic. I wasn't. And I just had this whole, like, you're not good enough, not good enough. And when I realized that I had value when that woman, that recruiter, told me I was a catalyst, and then I helped my son discover his core value and what he sells, one of the things I realized as I started building my venture, I, I went out and built my venture as I was working every day after I quit my career, which we'll talk a little bit about. I realized that the number one reason I stayed in the corporate world was because of the following statement I'm going to give you. I bought into the idea that my identity was caught up in what I do. Okay. So I grew up invisible. So once I, you know, I got a Wharton MBA and I'm an executive in the business world and I, you know, live in a nice town. And it was like, I was almost on this path to like, I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I am visible and I am here and I'm going to, you know, I am smart. I ran the New York City Marathon. I've proven that I could be athletic. And what I realized is what you do is not who you are, but who you are drives what you do. And so when I, and I want to repeat that again, what you do is not who you are, but who you are drives what you do. And it wasn't until that woman told me I was a catalyst, I quit my career where I realized I was in the wrong show. I spent so many years in corporate America and I'm a catalyst. I disrupt. I had a great career. I loved what I did, but I could tell you all of the experiences I didn't like because I was babysitting. And all the ones I loved was when I was creating from the ground up. And so the, to answer your question, I, I want people to understand that their identity is in who they are. I don't care if you ever work. I don't care what you do for a living. Who you are drives what you do. And I bought it into it the other way. So with that identity tied up in all this great stuff, I, all the success I was having, I was actually unhappy because I was letting all those titles 
drive who I was. And until I woke up that day and realized today I'm starting from the ground because I'm a catalyst and I'm going to go out and do things that drive that disruption. In this case, helping people discover who they are. That's amazing. And I think for, for you, you had some things happen in your life where they were the catalyst to you realizing you were a catalyst. And for other people out there, could you give any advice to what that may show up like in their life? So a good example for me, I remember was struggling with just all my relationships around me. Like I realized that I was unhappy because when I would go to work, it would suck so much out of me that when I was around the people outside of work, it was basically grinding of the gears. And I started questioning like, why, why does it seem like I'm not getting along with people when I used to get along with people? But for you, what were some of the other signs? Because I think this is critical and pivotal for people going into a new year to kind of have this, to gain the self-awareness that they might not be as happy as they could be. I think there's a lot of people out there that just go with the flow and they don't truly understand the impact that it's having on their life. And I'd love for you with somebody with a lot more years of wisdom than myself, what other signs did you see so that maybe somebody else could pick that up within themselves? Yeah, yeah. This is the essence of what I do. This is so great. Your story is your credibility. Okay, this is the power of what I learned. So when I left my career, by the way, it's interesting. When when you introduced me as a coach, one of the things in my in my whole essence of my program is when you say, tell me about yourself, you start with who you are. And what you do drives who you are. So I'm a catalyst who disrupts the way people think about themselves. And I use coaching, consulting, speaking, and so on. But when I left my career in corporate America, the number one thing I wanted to do was get on stages. I wanted to speak, okay? Always wanted to be a talk show host as a kid. And I figured this is my moment. Now, what I thought was, I'm just going to go tell my story. I have a great story. Cancer, this, my wife had cancer. Boom, crazy childhood. Everyone's going to love me. And the first thing I learned in day one of motivational speaking school that I went to was, nobody cares about you until you show them how you care about them. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because I was like, wait a minute, no one's going to care about my story. Oh, I'm a brand guy, of course. Like, what value is there for the audience? And so when I combined this one word idea with my own story, I'm a catalyst. I disrupted my whole life. I got out of two cancers, you know, a, a challenging childhood, overcame a lot that we all have overcome. But when you, when you take that pain and you translate it into fortitude, and people want to hear this pain. Why? Because if they see you overcome it, that's where the inspiration is. So many people are afraid to tell their story. So many people are afraid to share the pain. Nobody wants perfection. And what I learned in that school was that if I get up on stage and I show people the hero's journey of how I, in order for me to help you get to your one word, I got to prove to you that I know my one word. I know what I sell. And so when I took my story as credibility and I married it to what I can do to help others win and give that to the world and help you discover what you sell, I'm telling you, this is why... I'm building my career as I go. I got on the first stage. It was a disaster, but I learned. The next stage, I learned a little more. By the fifth or sixth stage that I was on, I was like, now the audience gets it. They're understanding it. And so what I would say to everyone that's listening here is, what is your story? And then marry it to an idea that you have to help others win. Because branding is about giving away 
your, what I call secret sauce, your magic, your core value, your one word. Give it to the audience and help them be better people, help them win. So in my case, just so you listeners understand it, I believe if I help you discover your one word and what you sell and then marry that to your story, you win the game. And that's what gets people to say, well, maybe I could start a venture. Maybe I could impact the world because we're here to do one thing. We're here to impact the world and make it a better place before we leave. And that is what I've always known, but now I've got like the vigor to go make it happen because I married my story with my venture. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Rich. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Rich Keller. I love that. Marry their story with your venture. And it's cool because this is literally thrive to a T. I didn't want to just survive. I wanted to thrive. So I just named it Thrive on Life. And the whole make every heartbeat count came along with that. And then we got to the things like where for the listeners out there, I'm in my office right now, we have Fuel Your Passion on there. And it's just everything is about basically marrying the different words and things that we believe in to the actual venture in itself. So it's so cool to speak with somebody else. What's so interesting is that, you know, knowing your story since we've gotten to know each other, that's the whole essence of why you're doing what you're doing. Think about this. If you're on a yacht and everything's great and life is grand, and then you get up and you say, I want to help the underserved and you don't have a story that got there. Why would I want to work with you? Those days are over. And so the fact that you, and, and you know, obviously you're going through my one word program and we're gonna, I'm going to help you really marry the two, but you're already doing so much of it. I want to be clear, you're born with this core value. I don't just help you, you know, conjure it up out of an oven. The problem is we grow up believing that our identity is in what we do. And I'm trying to strip that away and say, no, you've always known who you are or are. You've always known that. You should take that nugget and go do things like you're doing, CJ, or things that I'm doing. And I'm not saying you're going to make any money on day one. Let me be really clear. I, 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 do, I am like pounding the pavement to, you know, to make a living out of this, but money follows value. And if you know your value and you give it away and then you start, people start pom-poming and being your apostles and all of a sudden people are calling me, it's because you got to give it away before you get it back. And when I hear your story, 
it makes sense to me why you're doing what you're doing. But now go share that with the world. Go tell everybody that because that's the credibility when someone's going to say, well, if they did it, maybe I can do it. Boom. You can thrive or I can get you to your one word and then you can go and marry and with your idea. That's how this game works. So I love what you're doing and I so believe in what you're doing because when I heard your story, it made sense. You've had some pain. You turned it into fortitude. You gain. That's how it works. And it's it's crazy to hear you talk about it. Uh, my wife just got a health test back and it was bleak. It's showing that. So her dad died of a heart attack at 52. He was at 53, actually, excuse me. Um, and he was in really good shape. And she has the same kind of like genetic error that he had, which is lipoprotein. And it's not really a studied thing. So even though his LDL and HDL were kind of in line, um, it was high lipoprotein. So we're basically, we're reminded uh, going into our thirties of like, this is our path and this is what we need to be studying. And this is what we need to be putting out in the world. So I love uh, where this conversation is going, but I want to switch it up a little bit sure. only because for those out there that are listening to this, I met Rich in a WIT um, hangout. And if you guys know me, WIT is whatever it takes. It's a program for teen entrepreneurs. And he was basically speaking in the hangout. And that's when I was like blown away by the value that he was giving. And one of the most valuable things I think I got out of that conversation was how you described somebody going into a job interview and kind of like your daughter and branding from a personal level to also a big business level. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand even if they work in the big business level, I have a lot of friends that work in the corporate world that are not leveraging social media and things in the way that they should be, and they don't see where the future is going. So I'd love for you to kind of give advice on if somebody, let's say somebody is not going to quit their job in 2021, they're not going to basically become us, but they want to keep their job and they just want to work on their personal branding and creating leverage within their own sphere, as I would call it, to basically raise themselves on the level of the corporate ladder, but in the way that they want to. What is your advice to that person? Yeah, yeah, this is great. I remember that conversation. Uh, so many people are afraid to bring their real selves to work, okay? This is, this is what gets me like shaking. I was guilty of it as well. People buy human connection. People buy the entrepreneur. People are buying the person in the interview. Okay. I say this all the time. You have seven seconds to make a first impression. Okay. It's been studied. So that first seven seconds of the interview, everybody is smart. Everybody has the experience. Everybody has a resume. When you start that interview with, let me tell you who I am at my core, and this is what I do to get there. This is one area that I talk a lot about. So with my daughter, what I was saying to my daughter was, oh, and my son as well, if you think we're not looking at your social media, let me wake up call to everybody who thinks that companies aren't doing that. Oh, we're doing it. We may not do it to you, but we may take a sample. But for example, you don't have a LinkedIn photo. If you don't have the time to put a LinkedIn photo up on your LinkedIn, first of all, if you don't have a LinkedIn, that's another whole story. But if you don't have time to put a photo up, that tells me right away that you don't care about yourself or you don't appreciate just the, the smallest little thing that can have the biggest impact. Number two, when I the reason that I brought this up in the WID Hangout was because 
if I'm looking at your Instagram before you come into my interview, and with my daughter, I gave this example, all I see is red cups and bikinis, red cups and bikinis, red cups and bikinis. No, it's not a problem, but you're going to come in and you're going to tell me how smart you are and that you're an athlete and you play three sports and you've scored a thousand points in basketball. First five or six minutes, I still have in my head, beach girl, beach girl, beach girl. And it would be so much easier if you just showed me your whole self. I'm not asking you to be somebody you're not, not at all. But if you like sport, if you play sports, and I look through your Instagram, and if you think we're not trying to figure, I'm a brand guy, I'm figuring out who you are, those signals out there speak a lot louder than words. And what's, and what's really important for this, for your listeners to understand is that the digital world has made us all naked. There's no more armor. We can't hide anymore. 25 years ago, when I was starting in my career, there was nothing. You can go away for the weekend and do whatever you wanted. Nobody knew. Today, that doesn't work. So what I encourage the next generation that I work primarily with, number one, if you know your core value, it helps because then you can put it out there. But let's say you don't and you don't work with me and I'm fine with that. Show me the holistic self of who you are because your social media is your brand. Your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. Let me be clear about that. The first thing we do, CJ, is we Google the person. I make a joke about it all the time with the WIT students. You Googled me, right? Yeah. Well, I did the same thing. What comes up is your brand. And I don't want to get people paranoid. That is not the goal. The goal is nurture your future self. Be aware. We're in a world where everybody knows about you before you walk in the door. Your reputation will be there before you. That is powerful. Manage it. That's just that simple. Yeah. And it's like using it to your advantage rather than your disadvantage. Because I think a lot of people, what they do is they fall in two, two parties. They're either overusing it in potentially the wrong way, or they're underutilizing it because they think it doesn't matter as much as it, as it does. And living in the tech world, I understand how much SEO, if you just Google your name once a month, you can have control over what's getting put on there if you utilize social media in the right way. So if you're into positive things and you love, like a good instance is health technology. If you want to get a career in health technology, you should be posting about health technology, conversing in conversations and health technology. And then that's going to come up on Google. So when you go to apply to that health technology company, they're already going to see that, wow, you really are interested in this versus right. if you just have the red cups that you're showing every single weekend on social media or on Facebook with your friends. And then they ask you like, okay, well show us that you're passionate about this. You don't have anything to actually show for that. So That's it's right. interesting that, that you brought that up. And for somebody that wants to kind of find their word, right? Like let's pretend like I don't have thrive. I have nothing. Like I, I'm just yep. this guy that you just met. And I'm like, Hey, Rich, I'd love to figure out what my one word would be. Run us through kind of like some of the first exercises that you would do with somebody so that anybody on the other end of this conversation can potentially just start running through this themselves and reach out to you if they're interested. Yeah. So the, the very first thing I like to do is I like to give people an example from the real world. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, when I talk, people are like, great, great, great. But like, what are you talking about, Rich? This makes no sense. And so I like to give an example from the real world. And I'm going to give um, I'm going to give the example that I always use, which is Spanx. 
Okay, a lot. Of, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with the brand Spanx. It's a billion dollar brand, thanks to Sarah Blakely. But the reason I say that to you is because one thing that's really important, and I want people to hear what I'm about to say in the context of them being a brand. Okay, your product is not your brand. Okay, your brand is what I call this core value, this one word. And when somebody says, what business are you in? You're in the business of your core values. So what do I mean by that? CJ, if I called you, if I was Sarah Blakely, I called you up and I said, CJ, I had a pair of underwear to sell you. It is going to knock your socks off and it's $80. You're probably going to hang the phone up on me because number one, nobody ever pays 80 bucks for underwear. And number two, you probably don't need another pair of underwear in your drawer. Let's say a couple of days later, I try again. I'm Sarah. I call you up and I say, CJ, I actually have confidence to sell you. And let me tell you something. When you rock that confidence on stage and you look better and feel better and people are going to think you are glowing, that's $80. You may say, tell me some more about that. And that is the moment where she says, the product I created drives the confidence. And so I buy Spanx, I suck it in, everything looks great. I wear a Spanx t-shirt on stage. So listeners, I'm allowed to say this because I wear one. And I feel like I'm the Incredible Hulk on stage. I feel confident. I feel good about myself. And she created a billion dollar brand doing that. Why? Because she sold confidence, not underwear. And so what I say to people is, in the program that I created, it's really a, it's a, it's an exercise in introspection. I ask you things like, what are you great at? What makes you come alive? Tell me some accomplishments in your life and tell me what would have happened if you weren't there. I ask people in my program to go get five people that know you well and ask them to write what makes you unique because your core value, you're already living. CJ, you're already doing yours. What you don't have is the context behind it to articulate it because we've been conditioned to do, 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 do on my titles. I'm everything about my identity is what I do. What I'm saying to you is when you go listen to what people say about you, I get the same answers like, oh my God, I didn't think I was that good or wow, that's because I'm just cha- I'm disrupting the way that you think. And so through my exercises and my program, to be really clear about what my program is about, it gets you down to one sentence, which begins with I am, and it gets you to one word, which you can tell people that is what I give away to the world. That is my magic. And what I would say to people is you got to look back on your career, your life. You got to find the common link that I can tell you I'm a catalyst in everything I do. What does that mean? My daughter's bat mitzvah, my son's bar mitzvah. We didn't do temples. We went to an art museum. We went to the Yogi Berra Museum and met Yogi Berra. Like, it doesn't mean that you have to be grandiose in what you do, but it would be very weird if I got up and said, I'm a catalyst, but I'm conservative in everything I do. You know, I eat like to the, I eat everything that's normal. It wouldn't work. And so, All I really do is help you go backwards in your story and I link the puzzle for you. And I have to tell you, I didn't think this would work. People have cried in front of me. People have been blown away by, you can do this all in one word. Yeah, I help you put that whole story together because I did it and I believe in it. And all the brands that are a billion dollars and above, the Gatorades, the Godivas, the Pelotons, they're doing the same exact thing. Keep it simple. And when I hear this, to me, it sounds like you literally are the catalyst to giving them the confidence in themselves to even think back on their story. Because I think a lot of people, you, we fall into this trap of, again, we get in the education system, we get in the corporate world, like you're just a number, like right. you're just, 
that's just all you are. And a lot of people, I don't even think, think to themselves, wow, I have this story that somebody could write a book about, or somebody could write a blog post about, or somebody would be interested in hearing me on this podcast. And the one word essentially gives them the power to tell that story. And I'm obsessed with storytelling as, as people know. And I think that you've kind of dialed it down. I'm also obsessed with efficiency and systems and engineering. You've dialed it down to this one word allows people to have the confidence to tell that story just by thinking of that word. And I love that, but I know that it's not all peaches and cream, especially in the business side of things. And you mentioned that like, you basically mentioned the hockey stick curve, which I talk about a lot, which is in the beginning, you're giving away a lot. So you're actually going net negative uh, when you first start something, but then you start coming around and it starts coming up, the curve starts going up. So in the beginning, when you did jump ship, you, you mentioned that you didn't mention it to your wife and it was kind of sporadic. Go through why that was. Yeah. First of all, this is this is where you're really getting into my whole game now. And and listeners, you gotta think like a brand. This is what ha- this is what I woke up and realized. Okay. So a couple of things. The reason that I didn't tell my wife was because truth be told, I was getting a performance report. It wasn't what I expected. And at that moment I knew I had to make the decision. I left on great terms six weeks later and so on. But here's here's the thing. This is the most important piece. So important. Like, I'm so excited. I'm like shaking as I tell you this. We, you have to give away your gift if you want to win this game. What do I mean by that? Think like a brand. When you go to Costco, everybody talks about the food up and down the aisles. I love the food. I go there for lunch. Oh my God. They are not feeding you because they have extra food, ladies and gentlemen. They are feeding you because the brand knew that if I get it in your mouth, you're going to buy the product, okay? It's called sampling. And so if you want to think like a brand, this was my moment when I said, everybody said, why would you do free work? Why are you driving three hours to speak on that stage? Because I'm food and I got to sample it with the audience. Because the minute somebody hears my story, sees what I can do, And when I find someone in the audience, when I started my career and I said, you know what, that person looks promising, I would go over to them and say, here's my number, call me tomorrow, I'm going to get you to your one word. Entrepreneur, I see your venture, I believe in what you're doing, I'll spend six weeks with you. Because the minute I started sampling, they became my cheerleader. And and over, over time, I mean, I thought this idea was crazy, crazy. But people, you said it, people, you gave me confidence. You made me believe that I don't need 25 degrees in order to feel wanted and valued and seen and heard. And for entrepreneurs, so many people will come to me and they'll say, I have this great product. I have this great product. And look at my brand. Look at my colors. Look at my tagline. And they're freaking <laughs> out. They're freaking out because it's not working. I'm like, because that's not a brand. That's not a brand. Let's marry you like Sarah did to Spanx, like Howard Schultz did to Starbucks. And honestly, the reason that I'm on fire is because this is what I've been doing my whole career. And this is how I want it to be remembered. And when I married my career with people, personal branding, bingo. That's when it took off for me. So what I would say to everyone on this podcast, two things. Number one, if you think you can do this without sampling, game over. It's just, it's game over. Unless you have... Unless you go on American Idol and you can sing really well and all of a sudden, but I would argue Kelly Clarkson slept in cars as well. So you've got to give it away. And number two, you got to invest in yourself. Number one mistake I made throughout my career is I didn't invest in myself. I didn't have coaches. I thought I had it all. I, I knew everything. 
You've got to spend the money to make money. We say that all the time in entrepreneurship, but we don't take it to ourselves. It's that simple. I mean, my, and my wife supported that. I said, I have to spend like, you know, almost 10 grand on this course. That She's like, fine. I'm like, really? She's like, you're going to make it back. Think about it. You spend $10,000 on a course and you want to be a speaker and you make two, three, three, $3,000 gigs, you'll win. You can get $3,000 if you believe in what you're doing. No question. But we focus on the 10. We don't focus on the return. And that's what my coaches taught me because I never had coaches before 50 when I realized I got I can't do this myself. Oh, man, this is such a huge topic. And I've <laughs> talked about this before. Um, and here's something that I'd like to, to pass on to you because you might be able to use this um, for all the endeavors that you're in is the difference between price and cost. Because the price of that, um, say that $10,000 coach, that's just the price of it. But the cost of that over the course of your life is going to be well more than $10,000. So you have to make sure if you're listening, you just have to make sure that it's a net positive cost, not necessarily the price. And then one another example is the office that I'm in right now. The last episode we just did, uh, Aaron and I were talking about how like when we when we put the down payment on to rent this place, like we did not see COVID coming. Like nobody yeah. saw that coming, right? Yeah. And I just looked at my expenses. This is the first year where as a business, I've spent over six figures. And most people would be freaking out like, oh my God, we spent this much money. And I was happy. The reason I was happy is I'm closer to making seven figures because I spent six figures and I'm, I'm still alive. I still have money in my bank account. I actually have enough to continue to market and grow. And it was like, a holy shit moment of, oh man, like if I want to get used to getting to the next level, it's going to take putting down that $10,000 down payment. And then this is another thing, because you mentioned your, your son and daughter in college. Why is it, why do you think that people will literally spend 50,000 to a hundred thousand on a certificate? But then when it comes to self-development and investing in yourself, it's always looked down upon. And I'd love to ask you this question. This is a total sidebar, but because you vibe so much with me and I've thought about this question a lot, um, why do you think that is? Why, why did people think you were crazy for, for leaving a job you didn't like to go start something that you loved? It, it's, it comes back to the simple thing I said in the beginning, because people believe that their identity is caught up in what they do. And so having that certificate and having that title and having that medal, no disrespect, because I lived it. This is why I'm doing what I do. I lived it and I disrupted that game. And what I will say to you, because this is so important, I don't, I get this question a lot. I gave up a lot to do what I'm doing now. Let me be clear with you listeners. Okay, we downsized our house. We don't travel as often. My kids are both in college. We sacrificed. If you think you can do this and live the same life you had before, you got to give me a call because there is no way. No, and even and I worked 25 years. I had plenty saved. That wasn't the point. I couldn't sustain where we were, what we were doing, but we knew that. And in order for me to make an impact in the world, the support that I got from my mom, my mom, my my wife and kids, their mom, the support that I got was the reason why you have to you have to believe in the bigger idea. You got to believe in the purpose. You got to believe that what you're going to go do is going to be so much more impactful than what you have because it won't work. And that's what people always say to me how did you do this? We gave up a lot. We, we scaled back our lives, but my kids were 
grown already. It was the moment for me to go do that. And that's your litmus test, listeners. Like if you really want to walk the talk and you really know your purpose in life and you know that you want to do something for the greater good in the world, that's usually the first signal that you will sacrifice. Like, do you need seven pair of pants? No, buy one. Do you need three cars? Go down to one. I'm not saying live, you know, I have a very nice life, but we downsized and scaled to the below level because we knew, and I'm going to come back up again, but but I actively prepared for that. So, because that's why I can do free work. Can't do it both ways. You can't have the yin without the yang, but so many people miss that. And the other thing that people will say to me is, well, you know, your wife works, so it's okay. Well, let me tell you something. If my wife didn't support what I was going to go do, we wouldn't be married today because I got it to a point in my life with cancer and her cancer, and I was lucky that we're on the same page. But I'm not doing this because I got permission from somebody. I'm doing this because I believe if I help young adults reach their goals and dreams quicker than I did, you won't go through the same pain that I went through. Your wife said this on one of your podcasts. Podcast. Like, why do we wait for the trigger moment? Why do we wait for that pain to come? I want to get to you before that happens so that you know who you are and you let that drive what you do. That was bigger than the home I was in, the vacations that we took. So we scaled down and you have to do that because if you believe in the greater purpose, you're going to win. And that's what I didn't believe until I was 50. And it all came together for me. Your greater purpose is the vacation. That's what people don't understand. It's right. like, as soon as I had purpose, I didn't need to, I didn't need to go on vacation. Like when Aaron and I went on our honeymoon, we went to Hawaii. It was, it was absolutely the best two weeks of my entire life with her. And when I came back, it was like a breath of fresh air. I was like, I'm happy to be home. I mean, yeah. it was great to be in Hawaii, but I was like, I am happy to be home. And that was the first time I truly realized, holy shit, like this is what I'm meant to be. This is where I'm meant to be. And this is where this is who I'm meant to be around in the community here. And that's because I had that sense of purpose where I didn't need, I didn't need things. And that's the other thing. Like when you live in the corporate world, people acquire things. They use the money that they get paid for to impress people that they don't even like. Yeah. It's yeah. just things that you're acquiring. And then you realize like, I really had this bigger house. Like for instance, when I was a younger kid, we upgraded the size of our house because my brother, the, statement was for more room for me and my brother. But like when I'm having my own kids, I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to make them go outside. Like (laughs) screw being in a house. Like, so it's like, again, the mentality is just utilize more of what you already have than trying to find this external validation. And you hit the nail on the head with the titles and certificates. We're just, and the grades were taught from a very young age to go for the external validation rather than the internal. What is my thing? And I've, this is why I'm, I love having this conversation with you because I, I obsess over trying to get this to the youth. It's one of the reasons that I do participate in WIT and facilitate a course for teens is to try and inspire them to figure it out who they are and why they do what they do rather than what they do what they do. It's a lot more difficult than people think. So what is the biggest, not problem, but what, what is like grinding of gears when you're working with other people and trying to get them to have a breakthrough. What do you see the normal things where maybe they get stuck in certain yeah. circumstances? Yeah. What is the biggest conflict that they have? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I want to say one other thing to your listeners because I, I don't want to misinterpret something. I'm a huge advocate of college and education, 100%. My kids, one's at Cornell, one's at Vanderbilt. 
worth every dollar. But they didn't go to, I don't believe you go to college just to sit in class. It's the networking. It's the people you meet along the way. It's the resources. It's the people and the and the experiences. So I just want to be clear about that because I would do it all over again. Everybody, somebody once recently asked me that and I'm like 100%. But it's what I guided them or helped coach them as I believe I did as a parent to what they are getting out of college versus just that degree. The degree doesn't really open the door. It's the people you meet and it's who you know and so on. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So I would say, I'll tell you what I think one of the biggest hurdles hurdles is. Um, And and it's an interesting one because it's the essence of branding. So many people will come to me and they're afraid to be a brand. Like, I don't want to put myself out there. Or, you know, I have this new idea, but I I only want to talk about the idea. I don't really want to be the person that's the (laughs) face of it. And what I tell people, and what I tell people, and I'll I'll share a little story about me. I always wanted to be on stage when I was a kid. I was in all the plays. I acted. I mean, I... Why why did you want to be on the stage? Well, I mean, so one of the things I realized, I had that same fear. It's like, I don't really want to... I don't want to be the center in the sense that like it's all about me. But what I learned through therapy and learned through being invisible and then, you know, being visible when I discovered who I was, what I realized is, and this is the essence of what the most important problem is I have with, with my clients, you need to be the guide, never the hero of your story. And so one of the things I realized is when I'm on stage today, I actually get very self-conscious. Like I wear a buff for God's sakes. I mean, I have a big nose. I have like, but here's the thing. Nobody cares about that. What they care about is I'm guiding my message into the audience's hands. And when I understood that, that's why through high school when I did speaking, it was always, I wanted to get my message out. I'm a giver. But I never understood that because I had the same syndrome everybody has, which is it's all about me. It's all about me. I'm afraid people are going to think I'm being too grandiose and I'm, I'm conceited. No, branding is about change that mindset. You're on stage to be the guide. The hero is the audience. You help them win. You're the bigger hero in the end. And when my coaches taught me that and I snapped my brain into action, that's what makes me love being on stage because I want to help a million people discover who they are. The only way I can do that is to get on stage or get on the podcast or get out in the world. And that guide versus hero is the essence of building a beautiful personal brand, venture brand, brands in the supermarket. Be the guide of your story, never the hero. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, man. I just wrote that down in my in my notes here, the hero is the audience. I've never heard of it like that. And this is something that I literally do consulting for with all my clients is a lot of it is, is branding and marketing and getting them to realize that the best storytellers that they're going to have are their customers and their clients. And the way that you get them telling your story is by being the guide of that story. If they don't know your story and, and one instance is one of my good buddies, I've been working with him for two years to build his business his father died of a heart attack at 37 Hmm. and he tells it maybe once a year. And I'm like, you you need to be talking about this more because you're getting new fans and new customers and new clients literally every day, every week. And they need to know this story. You're the guide of this story so that they then attach, Oh, I lost this person or I am going through this in my life. And this is why I want to work with this company because I'm attached to this story. So you bring up such, I've never heard of it. As in, because I, I talk about the hero's journey all the time. Yeah. And you want to be the guide. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, the, the hero's let, audience. Let me, 
Let me, let me share another example that, that I talk about on stages when I speak, because this is really important. I, I always like people to understand the brands they buy every day. Starbucks is a really good example. So I'm on stage and I'll say to someone in the beginning, what's the first word that comes to mind when you hear the word Starbucks? Most people tell me the product, they'll say coffee, but somebody in the audience always yells, that coffee is expensive. And so I pick on them, I make them stand up, they turn white, it's beautiful. And then I say to them, you didn't pay for the coffee. You did not pay for the coffee. Starbucks is being the guide in the community business. They're all about community. There is a place for you to come and meet friends and center yourself. You just paid for that chair, aroma, barista, Wi-Fi. When they put your name on the cup, that's not because they're sleeping and they need to know who you are. They want you to feel amazing. CJ, have a great day. You feel like, whoa, this brand knows who I am. Before you walk into Starbucks, if you go off in, they'll have your drink ready. It's because they know you. And if you don't like that drink, they'll go, oh, sorry, pour it out. What else can we get you? They're in the community business. So I want people to understand that they're guiding their community, their location, so that you can come in and enjoy the day. As people, we need to figure out what we're selling or giving away. That's when you become the guide because you're helping the audience, you're helping your client, you're helping anybody that you do stuff for. They're the hero, you're the guide. And somebody's helping you, you're the hero to their guide. That's the essence of branding. Give it away. I love it. Man, I could talk for hours on hours about this stuff, but unfortunately, we got to get to our last 10 minutes and wrapping it up. Yeah. And seeing as this episode is going to be dropping on New Year's Eve and going into a new year, um, kind of the last couple questions I have are around what are you looking forward to? most this year within your own business in 2021 within my own business well you know interestingly i just launched a podcast um this past august um i finally you know got the courage to you know step up to the plate and and have my voice out in the world and let me tell you when my kids listened to my first episode i was freaking out because they don't <laughs> they know what i do but they don't really know what i do but I will tell you what I'm really what I'm looking forward to. I'm a giver. I've always been a giver. I I've, I really never celebrated that throughout my life because you know people always you always give away. You never receive, or you like you you know you, you give it to everyone. And one of the things I'm really looking forward to is just spreading my message. My whole podcast is about showcasing the people that have worked with me so that you can listen to their stories and their one word. Watch out, CJ. I'm coming for you for my episode. But 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 if you think about it. I just, I want to be a guide. And so what I'm looking most forward to, number one, getting back on stage, God willing, we can get back out there. Number two, I'm just looking for any and every way that I can help the next generation discover who they are so that that could lead to what they go do and they can get to their goals quicker than me. And so it's that connection with the audience that I'm, I'm dying for. And let me tell you, listen, there's one thing, engage first, sell second. I tell everybody to do that because that's what the winning brands are doing and I'm living that. And so I'm most excited about the vehicles that I'm using now, podcasting, doing some consult a lot of consulting with young entrepreneurs, hopefully getting back on stage. But anybody that welcomes me in like this podcast episode to to help the next generation just do one thing, discover what you sell and you will win the game. And I want to help as many people do that and just 
be that resource to them. And then the second thing is, I'm honestly looking forward to getting back to hugs. I'm a hugger. I'm a people person. I want to help people win. And it's hard. It's just hard to like elbow or give the, you know, the, the nose, hello, like, you know, you know, look up. I, I, I'm, I'm done with all that. I, yeah. I, I didn't realize how much I missed the human touch in the sense that it, it just says so much about, you know, people and who they are. And I, I, I'm, I want to get back to like showing people how much I care about them. You and me both. I had this, I get this office and I'm here alone and I just can't wait to have 10 people here a day and, and all the ideas are rocking and everything's rolling. So I really appreciate that response and it means more than you know. And that's how I know that it was great to have you on here. Thank and I'm you. super thankful and blessed that there's people out there like yourself who is trying to help other people learn more about themselves so they can go out and make an impact on this world. And my one of my superpowers is to connect people and ideas. And I would love to, if someone in the audience is trying to find themselves, what type of person, what are they asking themselves right now if they're going to be your best client? So I basically, in layman's terms, your target market, what is that person asking themselves that they know I got to reach out to Rich? Yeah, let me just say one other thing before that because I, I don't want to lose this. I, w- I, I want to just say how grateful I am that we met in that Wit Hangout because that's another thing that I really hope every listener takes you know charge of. Just just say yes, say yes to everything. Get in that. Go do it. Go meet people. Go have coffee. Because honestly, CJ, I can't wait to help you because you and I speak such the same language, and I would have never known if I didn't join or maybe at some point in our paths we would have met. But it it's I think about I'm 53 right now and I could have stayed in corporate America. I would never be engaged with the people that I've engaged with. It has been mind blowing to help the next generation. I'm learning from them. It's it's just a win-win. So listeners, just go out and meet people and stop worrying about what you're going to ask. You don't have to ask them for anything other than how can I help you. Ask the person how you can help them. You'll get so much more in return. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is I work very well, very well with people that have that have high EQ. Okay, so you have to ask yourself if you want to make an emotional, if you want to make an impact in the world, because it's all about emotion. Branding is emotion. People buy with their heart, not their head. That's why the wallet opens for eight hundred dollar iPhones. Apple's in the simplicity business, and the heart opens because you want a simple life, okay? So if you're somebody that is emotionally driven and you really want to go make an impact in the world, let me help you get to that emotional core value, that one word, because we sell emotion. Branding is about emotion. Products are just functional games. Branding is emotional. And so what I would say to people is, if you're afraid, if you have an idea, because you got to be known for something. Like, I don't want to mislead people. You can't just get up and go on stage and just, you know, try to sell something that doesn't have any power. If you want to be known for something, you have an expertise, you have a way that you can really impact the world, and you've got the emotional intelligence to build that connection, get on the phone with me. I will just talk to you for hours. I am not going to sell you anything, but I, I don't want people to make the mistake I made. I sat for so many years wanting to make an impact because I didn't believe in myself. And when I realized what I sell, which is disruption in the branding game to help you discover who you are, I want to get people to that. Because if you get excited, you'll downsize. You'll go on less vacations. You will go out there to help people win. I'll leave you with this. Somebody asked me recently, 
what do you want people to do at your funeral? My true answer, everybody that knows me knows me well, I want you to come to my funeral with your one word on your shirt. One word, because I want to look down and know that I left this world giving you value because I came in with no value. I found my own. I'm giving it away. And now I want you to come. And if you don't have a one word, make it up when you walk in. And I'm serious about that because I just want to look down and go, that's what I want to be remembered for. If you want a legacy, go make it. Go. We are living today to make our legacy for tomorrow. Don't wait for it because it's not going to happen until you put yourself in it. The only time is now, right now. And I love what you were saying. And I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason. We met for a reason. And 100%. I look forward to uh, sharing the stage with you one day because I know it's going to happen. Oh, but, uh, no doubt. The last, the, the last question um, is something that I'm starting new for this year. Um, I've done it once. But one of the things that I want to do at the end of 2021 is have a culmination of everybody's response to this question. And it is... What does it mean to thrive to you? Oh, dude, that's a million dollar question. I can't even ask that because that's not my brand. I love it. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm owning this answer. The more you give, the more you live. I, I Everybody that knows me, well, my daughter once said something to me a couple of weeks ago that really just blew my mind. And I guess sometimes I'm not, I'm not good at receiving, so it was hard to have this answer that she gave me, but I... I realized when she said it, she said, you're one of the most selfless people I know, dad. She's like, you, you just, you're always here for me. You, you would drop everything. She goes, that is so powerful. Thank you. And when I thought about it, it's because I just want to give to live. That's it. It's just that it's that simple. I'm as real as they come. I'm genuine about it. I will give you my time. I will give you whatever you need to win. More you give, the more you live. It's that simple. I'm just going to drop the mic on that one. I love that. And I'm sitting here staring at you with your word catalyst on. And I think giving really is the action of being a catalyst. Yeah. To, thank you. To, to sum that up is you have to give your time, your energy, your words, all of it to help some, to be that catalyst in somebody else's life. And yeah. I love that. And I don't want to take away from that. So we're going to end there. The last thing I have for everybody is where, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what is the best way? to reach you? I'll give two ways, okay? One is I, I really encourage people to listen to my podcast because I interview thought-leading entrepreneurs, college and high school trailblazers, business leaders, to interview them on their one word and obviously what they're doing with it. I also do short, like four to 10-minute clips on brands out in the world that you love. Listen to their one word to get your mind thinking about what yours can be. So number one, it's called The Catalyst Effect. Rich Keller, just type that in. You can get it everywhere you look at podcasts. Second thing I want to offer all of your listeners is I'm going to give you my free link. I do a free 60-minute call. Anybody could take me up on this. And please do. You could call me about anything. It's go.oncehub.com forward slash Rich Keller. Once again, go.oncehub, O-N-C-E-H-U-B.com forward slash Rich Keller. Take me up on that offer. Happy to talk to anyone. I offer the audience every time I get off the stage, I give this link. Because once again, thinking like a brand, when you put a coupon out in the world, you put out like 100 million coupons, ba barely 1% are redeemed. So whoever redeems that link and calls me, it may change your life. Let's talk. That's how CJ and I met. You never know. So, uh, and then last is LinkedIn. Just type Rich Keller Catalyst. I put my one word right 
as the first word on my profile, which everybody else should do. And then I'll say, lastly, I can't wait to come back and share your one word and have you on my show, just so you know. I'm, I'm excited. I have uh, the next nine days off with my wife. So one of the things on my hit list is to run through the guy that you gave me and you got uh, it. start cracking away at that. And I look forward to talking to you on your podcast. It's going to be you. awesome. Thank you for having and, me. Uh, of course. Uh, I couldn't think of it. Literally, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Um, I know a boatload of people and you were the first person that came to mind when it came to how do I want to start the year for everybody? Um, and how do I be the catalyst for everybody else out there? And that is you. That's not Thank me. You. I just provide the platform for it. Um, and that's really where I want to end with. I always kind of give my biggest takeaway and you left me with a profound one sentence. The hero is the audience and it relates back to everything you were speaking of, especially the serve don't sell. And then the giving aspect, if we can all just go around and realize that if we can help our neighbor be the hero, we're all heroes at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. I'm going to end it there. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. I love all of you. I hope you have a wonderful 2021. Please reach out to Rich. He's the man. And if you are a little bit shy and you still want to reach out to him, but you're afraid to reach out to him just through all the platforms, he said, reach out to me because I will connect you directly with him. Awesome. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Thrive On. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.